0: Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Can I be real with you for a moment? My biggest goal for my coaching business is to help thousands, maybe even 10,000, unstoppable musicians and actors like you to attract fans, media, and industry so that you can book gigs and make money with your talents. The plan to get there is by teaching and supporting one artist at a time through my six-phase roadmap that focuses on small steps and consistency to succeed. Easy as that, right? The same goes for building your career. Attract one super fan or industry supporter at a time by showing up consistently and authentically. You can click the link in the show notes to download the free resource, How to Attract Fans, Media, and Industry for Musicians and Actors at dianefoy.com slash freebie. The making money part of the equation is the Here's the tough part. Money can be emotional. Our fears around it can overwhelm us, even if it's not true. When we just don't feel like we have enough, our minds tend to go to the worst places, right? That's why I want to introduce you to Katie Chen Mazzara. Katie is a financial coach who helps creatives make more worry less, and create true financial freedom. We have the same business coach, and I heard her speak at a coaching virtual retreat that we had, and I immediately knew that I had to work with her. Then I thought you would benefit from her practical tools and spiritual practices to get you where you want to be with your finances. So I invited her on the show. Katie is holding a masterclass starting December 8th and in that masterclass she's going to teach you her six steps to financial freedom as well as coach and answer your personal financial questions. And what I can't believe is she's doing it for free to really help you put a plan together for the new year so that 2021 can be the year you make more money pay off debts, buy a house, get started on an investment account, or whatever financial priorities you may have. So be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for this free masterclass so you don't miss out. And then next up is here is my conversation with Katie. And for links in a transcript, visit dianefoy.com slash 055. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Diane. So happy to be here. I've been wanting to have like a, a financial advisor or coach for creatives on the show, but I've been too scared. <laughs> 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 I, I've, I've peeked and looked at a few and I'm like, well, he says he's for creatives. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs>
1: I know. Most people don't want to talk about their
0: finances. <laughs> it's scary for creatives. Yes. Well, I'm sure it's scary for a lot of people, but us creatives, who want to hide from anything financial. And I've been doing a great job at, at avoiding my own. And, <laughs> but I know it's important. So, you know, I uh, I saw you speak and I do tend to tune out on the, all the financial talk, but I witnessed you coaching someone on their money blocks. And I was like, okay, I guess I gotta, I, I gotta go work with Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I gotta deal with it. I guess so. <laughs> but it's great. Cause I'm, I'm on a, I've kind of got to the point in my life where, you know, if I, if I feel that something's holding me back from achieving Let's tackle it. So I finally got to that point. So we'll deal with it. So I'm curious to hear about your creative career before you got into this. Um, So you were a television producer and filmmaker and journalist. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. So I started off as a journalist and then I transitioned um, into television production and I was a freelance producer for about 15 years. I was also a documentary filmmaker and a development executive as well. So lots and lots of different career paths (laughs)
0: in my life. Yeah, I've changed careers a lot, too. Um, So what was your first, uh, what first drew you to that when you were young? Like what, what drew you to the arts and, and film and television and journalism?
1: I always wanted to be a writer. I loved reading and writing when I was a kid. I think that, you know, speaking of money, like I didn't think that just being a writer was actually going to help me pay the bills.
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so I thought, well, let's, you know, I think jur- well, journalists write, so why not go into journalism and then get paid to write? Um, but once I got into it, I realized, okay, well, it's a very different kind of writing, and I wanted to be a lot more creative with it. And so that's when I also made that transition into entertainment rather than staying in, um, in journalism. And then also, you know, after September 11th, it actually was very, um, made it very challenging. And I wanted to do something different that, um, really, uh, expanded my creative side rather than, um, chasing something that was that felt very oppressive in a way
0: Mm, and when you were a journalist you were you were uh covering news
1: yes yes Ah. yeah
0: in my world I just automatically assume you were an entertainment writer (laughs) (laughs) I forget that there's like you know real journalists uh covering things like terrorist attacks
1: (laughs) yes yes that was wow that's
0: intense. intense
1: Very intense. Absolutely. Yeah. It was um, I mean, most most days, you know, um, I didn't really think about it as much, but definitely September 11th, 2001 was like the thing that really it just hit me hard. I think it hit everyone hard, but it was like for me to be working in that environment was just there was so much negativity and really, you know, that that it really helped me to say, okay, this is not what I want. You know, this is not where my soul uh, really wants to be.
0: Yeah. And from there, then you were getting into television.
1: Yes. So yeah, I got into, well, I got into television sort of in a backwards way, I guess, or it's, it's the, the way most people get into is like through friends. But what happened was um, after September 11th, I was still in a newsroom um, in Washington, D.C. Um, the next year in 2002. And the uh, the U.S. was going to war in Afghanistan. And they the newsroom decided to get rid of, they decided to not have news anymore. This was at XM Satellite Radio. And um, they decided not to have a news department anymore. And... Uh, laid off the entire news department, and I was like, you know, more su- not surprised like for myself, but more just surprised at that kind of a decision too. Yeah, and you know, it was like, oh, the country's going to war, and you're getting rid of the news department seems very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Make,
0: makes sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, and I said, okay, so yeah, that that was definitely a- another reason. It was like, um you know, uh, now I have found myself, okay, I'm not working. What do I want to do? And a friend of mine was working on a show, um, at E! Entertainment. And then she said, why don't you come and work with me? And that's how I got my start in television production.
0: And was it for, um, uh, scripted television or news television?
1: No, this was actually for um, a non-scripted show, but it was a it was a fashion show. It was a show um, called "The Look for Less," and it was like replicating uh, show uh, different runway looks on a lesser budget, right. and um, and it also like featured some some pretty big designers as well and it can, it really combined my my love for fashion and my love for um keeping things on a budget <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you've uh documentary filmmaking when did that come in
1: uh, that came in a couple of years later. Um, I had always wanted to do documentary films. Um, I studied that in school and, um, you know, then I had an opportunity to work with a director on a film about the Miss Senior America pageant. And um, and we did a documentary that actually won a couple of awards. Um, it won the best, best documentary, um, at, um, an LA film festival. And, um, it was, yeah, it was just really a a great project to work on. And I did, I did all the fundraising for it, got all the money to pay people. And so I was really, really proud of it that I didn't actually have to ask my friends to kind of do things for free. And I was able to actually pay people to work on that film.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then when was the transition to finance and coaching?
1: Yeah. So after, after I turned 40, I started to think I really wanted I didn't want to stay in television as a freelance um, producer anymore. And so I started to look at some other things and what most of my friends and colleagues have always said to me was, you're really good with your money. How did you do that? (laughs) You know, so I, you know, I started to look at that and say, yeah, I, I have you know a different sense of how money works and doesn't work in this world and and then also um, I was always very very interested in it I you know ever since my first freelance job ended I kind of tried to had to figure out how to deal with you know having that inconsistent income and figuring out what to do when you're not working and all those kinds of things and then you know I was trying to to say to myself like well how do people do it when they yeah don't have that consistent income and how are they able to save you know for retirement for something you know bigger right because most of most of the people i knew at that time was just living sort of that paycheck to paycheck existence and going through the that cycle of feast or famine you know like you would get lots of jobs and then you know gigs and then you would all of a sudden you know for months not work at all and so i was trying to understand it and then once i really got it it was like very easy for me to continue to keep working and to have gigs pretty much nonstop, and um, and then I then all my friends and colleagues started to ask me about it, like how do you do that? How do you not worry about it? How all of those things? And so um, I was like, okay, let me let me actually go back to school and get you know I went back to school and got um, uh, graduated from UC Berkeley's personal financial planning program and then i realized that you know um with a lot of the money stuff like it's not just about being practical because you can do you can know all of those practical things and still not feel in the abundance, not feel like you can keep, you know, making your money work for you. And then you can pay off your debts, but then you may get back into it for other reasons, right? So I wanted to to incorporate a different aspect of it into what I knew. And so I also got a life coaching certification, a different financial coaching certification um, and then started to develop my own programs around it. And and then, of course, like from a more emotional level, um, one thing that has helped me to go in this direction as always has been because um, I've had three women in my life who experienced um, being in an abusive relationship and then not being able to get out of it because they didn't have the money. They had small children to take care of. They weren't working. They didn't have their own money. And so they stayed in those relationships. And I... Experiencing that and seeing that, I just really want to empower everyone to make decisions not based off of money. Instead, to make your decisions based off of your core values, your purpose in this life, and how you want to operate, you know, and which has nothing to do with money at all. Um, If you're able to get that money side, just taken care of, and it's running in the background, it's going very smoothly, all those things, then you can operate from this different level, you know, of like, where you want to go and how you want to move in this world.
0: So like, you approach it very differently. That's um, for most, even if, um, you know, people say they're a financial planner for creatives, there's, there's, they just don't. They. I guess it's more like I'm going to teach you the finances, but they don't necessarily, you know, deal with the money blocks and the more coaching aspects mm-hmm. around it. Yes. Um, wh- how did you kind of develop that, and why? Is it because you wanted something different, or you you saw a need for something different? I saw a
1: need for something different. Um, I I saw it once I was in the the program at uc berkeley it was um you know it was it was challenging it was nine months and it was very intense like we had midterms and finals every three weeks and all that kind of stuff and i studied all of it right like taxes and retirement and estate planning and um, investments and all all of those things Um, but what I kept coming up against every every time I w- while I was studying was okay. So sure, like these things, you know, these things are important to know. Um, however, it's like this stuff is out there, right? Like there are books on financial planning, and there are books on. I mean, I I read all of those books. I read like the you know. Um, the fight at you know money for dummies basically books, yeah, <laughs> or you know and or anything else like the David Fox stuff about you know the the five dollar latte all of those things, and uh, what I kept coming up against was that it doesn't like you know people can have all of this knowledge and information and they can buy all those books and yet they still don't know, okay, well, how do I make more money? How do I bring that into my life? How do I make it easier? How do I not worry about it? Well, how do I not sit around and think about it day to day, you know, and, and, and keep me up at night with it? You know, those are the questions that um, kept coming up. And then when I started working with clients, that was, you know, a lot of clients first one of the first things they would say to me was, well, I used to, Make good money and I used to. Um, I had paid down my debts and now I'm back in it, right? Or um, now I'm in a different position and I'm not bringing in it the kind of money I was bringing in, um, especially if they had transitioned from a more corporate job, more nine to five or, or paid, you know, like something where they got a paycheck every two weeks. And then all of a sudden, if they're working for themselves. It's, it's really combining that, you know, the, the mindset work along with um, figuring out how you kind of grew up with it, too. You know, I always think that, you know, as kids, you know, most of the time parents don't talk to their kids about money. And most of us were not taught about money as a kid. However, we absorbed things. We absorbed how our parents operated with it, whether they were fighting about money, whether or not um, they told us things like, and what I've heard so many times with like creative types is that like somebody's parent will say to them, Oh, I support you a hundred percent. And then you should also think about having that backup, right? Having a backup a job or a career path or something. And so that really gets it into our heads that it's like, well, I can't make money doing what I really love to do. And I have to find something that, um, that pays the bills.
0: Yeah, the creative stuff has to be your hobby or your side gig. It can't be the gig, unless you win the lottery of okay, if you're a performer, actor, musician, it really is the lottery of who makes it to like superstar status.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's how, you know, I think that's how most people who are in a creative field think. And, and yet I've seen it work in a, a whole other way, you know, like that you, you can get out of that cycle of thinking for sure. And start to um, start to actually make the kind of money you want to make doing what you love to do.
0: Yeah. And I think the coaching part is really important because I would, I would continue avoiding the financial stuff. <laughs> if if the choice was hiring someone to oh, teach me the fine, I, I, I'd be like, yeah, when I'm making a lot of money, then I'll contact you and you'll you'll sort me out, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, with you, it's like when all those, um, you know, feelings and blocks come up that make, make you want to run away from, from Mm -hmm. it, you know, you, with you, it's like there's support there to talk it through, to find out what's really going on there. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yep. And, and then also to, keep you accountable and um and hopefully inspired to do the work as well, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I I really want people to understand that it can be fun, it can be inspirational, it can be um something that is uh pulling you towards it, right? Because it is part of your vision. To me, it's like when you once you realize how much money you want to make and why you really want to make it, then that can actually pull you towards a bigger goal, bigger dream. Um, some One of my spiritual teachers said once like pain pushes, but vision pulls. And so we can be pushed into doing something because it's been painful. However, what's really going to get you to that next level and pull you up to where you want to go is really your vision.
0: Yeah. I like how, um, when you describe who you help, it's creative freedom seekers. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, freedom, I think, is one of my core values, my top ones. I need to be free. And, you know, financially free would be nice. Yes. Um, and it, it, there's a lot that comes with that.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, freedom is my yeah top value underneath love. And to me, freedom, financial freedom really is that sense of choice right? Being able to choose what you want to do. And especially if it's, if it means like, you know, you want to pursue your acting career, your music career, your writing career, all of those things, your your dreams, you know, the things that you've, you're super passionate about. You get to do that. You get to have that choice when you have financial freedom, true financial freedom.
0: Right. And so how do you work with clients? I know you work one on one, but you also have a program coming up. Yes. Yes. So I
1: work. Yeah, I work one on one with clients and then I also am uh, starting up a membership program next year called the Financial Freedom for Creatives Club. And in that year, we are going to each month really tackle a specific subject around money and, you know, and tackle it from like the, the idea of both the spiritual side and the practical side, right? Because I don't think that you can do one without the other. We've talked a lot about the spiritual side, but the practical side is just as important, mainly because money is of this earth it's a very grounded thing. And so you have to do some very practical work around it and not just rely on the uh, vision boards and, you know, all of the spiritual stuff as well.
0: Yeah, I remember like years ago, I did get into, I'm sure you know, the uh, millionaire mind Mm -hmm. um, workshops that I did years ago. And, uh, and yeah, it all the, I guess, the coaches and the people around that, it was all about the, I guess, the spiritual side and not the practical side. Because I I just kept hearing, do a vision board. And <laughs> right. if you believe it, it'll come. And, right. you know, they did all that and then nothing happened. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I was like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yes, definitely it needs to follow through with, and even how i coach on goal setting now it's like okay we i start with the vision yeah let's do the vision and then let's figure out how to make it happen
1: yes exactly yep and then and then i take it you know the reason it's a year is because i want it to be like okay you're really implementing it through the month right so that um and so that it's not overwhelming and, you know, and you really get a chance to work with that specific subject, you know, each month. And, and then by the end of the year, um, the goal is whatever, whatever your goal is. Um, so if that is like I wanted to pay down my debts and then to and then feel the freedom um, and have, you know, uh, have more money, make more money, any, any of those goals. Um, by the end of the year that is the that's what we're shooting for you know what you really set out to do at the beginning of the year
0: right and I'm thinking like a year you also need to develop habits
1: yes oh absolutely yes absolutely because yeah. if
0: it was a short time thing it's like yeah we'd be all in for that six weeks program, and then we forget about it right after. Um, yeah. So I know you have like a six steps to financial freedom. Do you want to take us through that?
1: Yeah, I mean, w- you know, I'm gonna take people through that in my um, free master class, um, But I'll give uh, a little bit of it, you know, you know, want to first, of course, like have people um, set a financial foundation And that's always like the biggest first step. And what that means is like starting to have some clarity because to me, the mind goes crazy and we start to worry about the things that we just don't know about and and the fear of the unknown. And so it's so, so important for us to get really clear about what's coming in, what's going out and what we really, really want. Right. And so that is the really the first step is to understand that about ourselves and about what this year is going to bring for people. And then I want to get into core values. You know, like to me, that's such an important key element. And I know a lot of coaches work with core values and I apply it towards money because it's like all about decision making. Like I get so many questions from clients all the time about, oh, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I um, invest in this program? And should I do all these things, right? And and I don't answer them for my clients because it's you know it is up to you to really make these decisions. What I guide you with is let's go back to your core values, let's see what that means, right? And if it really aligns with those core values. Then you are really on the right path. because the more we actually spend towards our core values, the the easier it is to get what we want, and then also to um to not regret it, not regret those spending decisions later on. You yeah. know, it's like yeah, it's like when we start to regret those spending decisions, it's because you weren't really aligned with your values in the first place.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes with everything. You know, if you're you know anything you regret in life, whether it's financial or not, it's like you weren't really, you know, following the core values.
1: Absolutely. And then we're gonna talk about, you know, the the money blocks, you know, like you and I touched upon it briefly. And, you know, and I and like I said before, it's like, you know, as children we learn from our parents, grandparents, people around us, right? We absorb all of these things. And, and again, it's not to blame our parents or anybody else in our lives. Instead, now as an adult, we get to choose. We get to decide what we want to keep that we got from our family members and you know, and teachers. And then we get to decide what we don't want to keep and release. We can release it with love back to them. We can release it um, completely, just, you know, even if it wasn't with love, we can actually just release it and get it out of our system and our bodies. And then we can also um, make very conscious decisions and say, this is, this is what um, I, I'm about now, right? Like as an adult, here's where I stand on these particular beliefs, and really take a look at that, right? Like turn the rocks over and see if they still apply, right? See if the the beliefs that you grew up with are still things that you really want to believe now as an adult, because you get that choice, and it's not about um, okay, like that's you know that's how the world works, because that's not how the world works. You get to decide how you want the world to look for you and where you're going, and the clearer you are about that, then it's so much easier to get to do the things that you want to do in life, and then really move towards your purpose. Yeah, we're also going to um, the debts is a de- definitely a huge one. And that, you know, my ideas of debts is not that it's just the financial debts, it's also spending, um, Kind of spiritual, emotional debts as well, right? Like, what are those um, burdens that you're carrying around with you? What feels heavy in your life? And let's release those things,
0: you know? Right. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about worth and, you know, um, that the idea of to me, your, you know, your self worth and, and to a lot of people uh, like that study this kind of stuff is that you know your your self-worth is um directly proportional to your net worth you know the opposite isn't true right there's lots of high net worth people who don't have a lot of self-worth and that's when they get into trouble right that's when you you hear about certain people spending all of their money and you know becoming bankrupt and and why like You know, somebody who wins the lottery can actually lose it all in a year or two. It's because, yeah, that they haven't built up that self worth foundation. They don't really know who they are and what their purpose is and where they wanted to go. And they didn't also have clarity about what they wanted their money to do for them. And so then it becomes, um, it's super easy to just. Spend it all, and you know, and then all of a sudden the money's all gone, um, and then self worth is also directly tied into you know like how you respond because when you win the lottery, lots of people are going to come out of the woodwork and ask you for money, right? And do you already have something in place? um, to know what your boundaries are, know where, uh, what you want to do with that money and how you want to give that money. Right. Because if you don't, then you can just give it all away too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you're back to the beginning.
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Start all over again. Yeah, Yes.
0: And so, um, this masterclass, it's a free masterclass.
1: Yes, it's a free masterclass. We're going to spend an hour together and where I'm going to uh, go through the six steps to financial freedom. And then I'm also going to answer anybody's questions. Anybody who has like any personal financial questions, we're going to spend some time doing that as well. So that's really going to be cool and fun.
0: Oh, it's such an amazing opportunity for people. And so what are the dates of the masterclass? And where do they sign up?
1: Yeah, the dates are December 8th, 9th, and 10th. And I will give you the uh, the link so that you can put it into the show notes. for That's people. fantastic. Yeah. 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 Great.
0: Okay. Wonderful. That's so fantastic. And I look forward to I'm doing your program next year. So I'll get out of my comfort zone <laughs> and deal with all my money issues. Yes. Yeah. I invite everyone uh, listening to make sure you uh, take part in that masterclass. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to work with you and
1: everyone else who joins the the club, too.
0: Where can people find you online?
1: I'm at katiechenmazara.com. That's my website. And then on social media, I'm also Katie Chen Mazzara. So at K-A-T-Y-C-H-E-N-M-A-Z-Z-A-R-A.
0: Cool. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did. It's amazing. Thanks, Diane. This is great. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers.